You're listening to the Scottish Football Forums podcast, the home of Scottish football banter. Hi, welcome to this week's episode of Scottish Football Forums podcast. We're at season nine, episode sixteen. Uh, I'm F Bomb John, uh, and I'm back after my sabbatical last week. Don't know what excuse I was giving for being off, but I'm sure he's still me in. Uh, John and Chris, how you doing? I'm dandy for the first time in weeks. <laughs> uh, can you guess what happened to the football this weekend? <laughs> <laughs> was that the real football as opposed to the pretendy football that was last week? Aye, aye. Uh, you, you took you took you picked a good week to be off. Aye, aye definitely. Aye, international week. Aye, funny that. <laughs> I think to be fair, when I was away, I get served my dinner by one of the San Marino waiters. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Interesting pleasure you get served. So you were in what you're in court. <laughs> yeah, served. <laughs> Did you meet soccer guy? Like I was away, I was away last week, so um, I don't know if he's doing the same. But when you're at airports, you're always going to be looking around for like maybe celebrity folk, or even maybe folk that look like celebrities. Didn't actually see any this time. You sometimes see some. Seen Chris Sutton before. Airport. Seen Buffy. Uh, Simon from Buffy. That was a, that was a good one. He was decent. Um, and no, I didn't see any celebrities. Did see a guy that looked like Manny from the Stone Roses. Um, <laughs> but I carried on. It was a horror, but you start that even going about, start kidding on it. You've seen celebrities or kid on look alike. It becomes a game. So uh, if you're on board and you're on holiday, that's what to do. Look up, have a look for look alike. He's the famous hope. So, uh, uh, but the reference to soccer guy was the um, piss take American um, stereotype on football. Um, on Facebook and every week he just makes up some he tagged himself saying I'm in San Marino um, where's the where's the players where's the crowds the game's about to start um, and of course some people still believe that this guy is for real and say <laughs> oh you're at the wrong venue mm. hook line sinker oh, I love it when they fall for it so, that's it, the best it's bit not, it's, 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 it should be obvious that it's a parody I mean some of the names they come up with is brilliant like, oh, my favourite one is still Michael Woostick yeah <laughs> there's a few more there's good a few there's just, I can't mind them all off I mean, right, Keith what, Lemon awesome, for Neil Lennon awesome and... Edward aye yeah. uh, he's brilliant just, if you don't follow him on Facebook I thought I'd find him because he's fantastic because there's like, a Scottish one I think there's an English one as well yeah, I think there is. Um, but, and you've also got Mark the app. Mark Yeah, you need to get is back it to the Facebook. soccer guy. Yeah, Aye. on Facebook. Yeah, uh, he calls Aberdeen the Aber Aberdundies, and they play at the Pat Audrey Stadium. <laughs> <laughs> and you get somebody saying it's Pat Audrey, you know nothing but football. It's funny when it comes to cup games, um, because they say yes, uh, Celtic um, get the three points today against Airdrie, and people say uh, it's it's not a league game, it's a cup game. Hook, line, sink. <laughs> I think he posted once I need a bigger boat. Uh, uh, the Celtics, I think, uh, and the Reindeers. Yes. Glasgow Reindeers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, go find him, because he's brilliant. Mm-hmm. Aye, I'll find him at some point. Yeah. Uh, so I feel about football at the weekend, then starting with Friday, and uh, the live TV game from the Scottish Cup, which I'm enjoying, watching. 
been a fan of our league, so we had Bonnie Dagan Bucky. I don't know if either of you caught it in BBC Scotland. I saw the highlights on um, the Scottish Cup YouTube channel. Um, that's good for highlights, but I managed to catch a few of them. Uh, first goal, no doubt that was a cross um, uh, that went into the top corner. The second one's a good um, piece of skill, um, good feet in yeah. the blocks, a nice finish. Um, yeah, that was a, a good finish. Um, I thought they were good. a bit harsh on the keeper, because they were saying that they reckon the keeper could have done better, but you can't even play the for that. Definitely cross. Yeah, it's, it's just one of these things. He's not expecting um, the boy to miss hit the cross right over him, and it was probably wind assisted as well. So, just yeah. the best goal in the Scottish Cup of the weekend I saw was the third Broader Rangers goal um, from their left back, um, screaming at the top corner. Um, that was the third of their seven goals that they scored against the uh, Clachnacudden away from home. Aye, I might have uh, a different, different favourite goal. Go, but... I, I was going to say, I'm, I'm sure there was one. Because uh, sometimes like, it's not the quality of the goal, it's the timing of the goal, like a late goal aye. in a game where you've maybe been second best for the most part. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, aye. Uh, at least if you read the, the Cove Rangers match support. <laughs> aye, salty tears indeed for Cove. Uh, not for the first time, it was the same last year as well. Uh, Cove salty tears, there's our title. We've spoken before about um, club commentary when it's like TV games, like on TV channels. You sometimes see it with match reports as well. well and I would say, as a guy that does talent match reports, he's pretty kind of fair, I would say, like covers the first chances for both teams and all that type of thing. The way you would have read that report by Cove, you'd think it was just one team playing, and it was all Cove. Aye, they're nice to watch. They're nice to, they play good football. That has been the same last season. They, they, they do. They're probably the best team that Tal will have faced, I would say. For a long time. I would even include Hearts in terms of from a footballing style of point of view. I'm not saying that Cove are better than Hearts, obviously. <coughs> but they, they could have made it as if they had all these loads of chances. Now, you look at this is where stats are a bit misleading because I think you're looking like this guy's sports and stuff like that and it said Cove had 20 chances and I was thinking 20 chances in terms of, I think, Big Andy, the keeper for Talbot, had maybe I think, two safe to make. One of them was going to be really good. Say that a lot kind of fairly routine. It was maybe chances that they were getting skied over the bar and different things like that. Absolute nonsense. I maybe I would say definitely the better team. But if you've seen some of the interviews as well with Tucker, Tommy Sloan, the manager at Albert, he knew how to beat them last season. Did the same this season. Cove could have break them down. That was Cove's problem. It's not Albert's problem. Mm-hmm. But that. Um, it's not as if Talbot was overrun in any way. There were a couple of chances themselves, but yeah, timing, uh, 88th minute. Well, a bit of play by Boyle and it comes on as a sub, and then Big PV um, heads it in. He scored a lot of important goals for us. It's still McCracken, it's PV in big games, so a lot of happy, happy folk on the ground, obviously, and then a lot of happy punters as well because the odds that Talbot were given. <laughs> there was talk of 10 to 1 that some folk got. I seen some guy that had about hundred pound on him at ten to one. Um on, I don't know if there's anybody near that, but I went for a correct score so I had one now, which made a few quid. Nice. I think the bookies in Oppenheim were quite skint <laughs> after it. That shows how much you must be a diehard, um, the fact that you're rhyming off all the nicknames of the players. <laughs> Just thinking about this before the game, it's very different, I think, to like you get, I uh, big Andy, PB, and stuff like that, and folk will be like, what? 
but you do you call it I think because it's <coughs> more like a community aspect mm-hmm. uh, you get to know the players a wee bit more and you get to know where their teams are and different things and that so nice but uh, yeah I call decent they're a good team good to watch but they couldn't be, just couldn't break us down how did they compare to last year because this is the second year in the row well, played in the Scottish Cup I looked at it because I, I obviously knew the differences between our team from last year and uh, this season so we had four changes in terms of personnel from the starting lineup. <coughs> and I checked their team and had a look at where it was last year so they had six different players the whole midfield was new obviously five and the would be the Campbell's uh, notable ones and the five I played really well don't get me wrong but you could tell it was going to be maybe a, a good day for Talbot when he's having to drop back and get the ball off the centre-backs because he, he couldn't get any control really properly in the midfield so you're thinking that's again a good thing Fraser had played wide he kind of played on the I think, yeah pretty sure he started on the left and he played the right for a bit in the second half didn't he that great at all um, Meganson I thought was pretty quiet um, as well and that was due to our defence it was the big uh, centre back for us Neil McPherson he got married in the match um, so I uh, I wouldn't say they were any better than last season. However, they're obviously in League Two. Mm. Aye, no, they were good, but nothing. Shows you as well. I think folk have talked talk about it as well in terms of Talbot and the potential pyramids system and where Talbot would fit in. Obviously, they've said before they've got to be a junior team, but you know that's not going to happen. They're going to have to progress. Um, Talbot could definitely compete up near the top of league too. Well run club. Mm-hmm. And it's it's now becoming it's not a surprise now when Talbot are getting these results. I mean, you we'll come on to the draw obviously. I mean Talbot got a home tie against Arbroath. Now Arbroath will be favourites, but it'll no, it'll no surprise anyone if Talbot beat Arbroath. Mm-hmm. After obviously what's happened in terms of beating Air last season, beating Cove last season, um beating Cove this season. Beating Kelty as well, who were expected to well by a lot of the maybe the media and stuff like that, I'm expected to be Talbot. No surprise now, it's no surprise, I would say. Yeah. Hopefully the bookies keep on bringing us. They'll make a few clips. Mm-hmm. It's a surprise to the bookies, bro. <laughs> the, the odds that he had for that game. Mm-hmm. What were the odds again? I think it. Well, one. I think at the start of the week, when that article had been written, I think it was the Daily Record. There was one booking that did have at ten to one. I think that price stayed about half an hour. By Saturday, certainly they were mostly quoted at about four to one for the win. Yeah, I think over. It's not like one to two, or maybe even shorter than that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's still a bit of a. It's still a, a scalp in some ways, just because of the way Cove Rangers have started the season. But you're right, you know, if, um, with the caliber players that Talbot have, they could more than compete in that league too. Um, at the very least and challenge uh, for the playoffs at the very least um, and you know going from one extreme to the other uh, the best reaction to the goal to a goal I saw um, all weekend was uh, Fort Williams equaliser at Albion Rovers I don't know if um, you saw the someone that was filming the goal from behind the goal and it just went absolutely mental um, and Fort Williams bear in mind near the bottom of the league of the Highland League the weapon boys in a number of years for them to go to Albion Rovers and get a draw is tremendous. 
Yeah, because I think they were due to play Cove Rangers this weekend. Mm-hmm. Coming. I... Uh, and there was a thing on social media about how the game's been postponed. And we're like, aye, that's we're still in the cup and you're no. It might not be a name, it might be a fan. But, uh, <laughs> whereas maybe a lot of folk would have thought it would be the other way around that Cove would be in the draw. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I noticed that whoever does the Albion Rovers Twitter account was saying yes, it's Airdrie in the next round. Um, well, I don't know if you get through that tweet could come back to bite you. And I'm sure that whoever's on the Fort William account will have that up if they do manage to pull off it upset. But that's a sickness for Albion Rovers. They've had to cancel the trip to Cove Rangers on Saturday, which already would be a long trip to go up to Fort William. Then have to come back to the Cove Rangers, and then next Tuesday they've got the rearranged game in Cove Rangers, so going all the way up to the northeast. <laughs> um, so instead of getting training on Tuesday night, they're going to have to try and get time off work to travel up to Aberdeen. So something as well I found interesting before like, the the game and Saturday actually, Paul Hartley didn't take any you know, coaching side of things at the the warm up or stuff like that. Because actually at first I was kind of looking about getting the ground, I was kind of looking about, kind of where is he? I think he'd be out there, couldn't see him. Didn't see him until the actual team were out and then he was going to do it. Chris, you seem to be taking as much interest in this round as the Scottish Cup as the BBC did. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, I'm just, I haven't seen any of it, that's the thing, I, I know the scores and stuff, but... Like you say, the BBC not shown much of it, um, and I wasn't able to watch the game on Friday night. So I've, yeah. other than the scores, you guys know more than I do. I, 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 I did listen to a bit of um, open all mics on Saturday, uh, which meant I heard uh, the the late Ogden let go. But other than that, it's just not been a lot. I think even I mean the BBC almost disregard the first few rounds of the competition whereas I'm pretty sure that once it gets to the fourth round it'll be taking a lot more interest even you can have spoken about it off air for each round the, the draw's on sports you know, and then it's as if it's never happened the coverage of the draw was absolutely shocking um, yeah. it was just a case of right, there's a, Jane Lewis who's um, reading out after the draw's and, said, right, and here's the ties up Auchinleck we are both next page yeah Lynn Lithgow Rose with Falkirk and then hand it back to Jonathan Jonathan Sutherland, who just says, right, it's time for Thomas' team of the week. Absolutely yeah, and they said no excuses as well, because Friday, yeah, Friday night, it was Michael Stewart was commentating on the, the Bonnie the Pocky game, and Stephen Thompson was in the studio, or Michael Thompson was commenting, some of the eyes, and, and Stewart, one or the other, they were both there. So Was Thompson presenting, and Stewart being one of the pundits? Aye, maybe it was. Maybe it was Thompson and Crichton presenting. Mm-hmm. It seems to be the kind of, the kind of regulars. Yeah. Um, uh, especially if they're kind of trying to give it, give the, the first few rounds are on BBC. So you'd think mm-hmm. they try to promote that a wee bit more. And then I think as of round four, there's going to be two games on BBC and then there's going to be two games on Premier Sports. Yeah. Yeah, I'm disappointed with the way they've um, covered the draw. You know, it's almost like... Um, We'll put it on because we have to type, um, type a thing. Well, if that's the attitude, as well, just doing it um, live in a YouTube channel in the week. Um, yeah. You know, if they're going to be that disrespectful to it, there's no point in it being in BBC. Um, I just try to boost viewing figures. Right, but see, that's the thing. Sports scene's already on. I mean, I, I, they had it this. Uh, I think the first round they had after the Old Firm game, 
Um, they showed the old firm game, then they put it drawn, and then it was again quick. Let's just go and um, get the next Premiership game. They didn't um, pick out any ties. They, I know there's, it's all non-league size, but even still, um, they could have chatted about at least one of the games. The second round, they put it at the end. I don't think they covered it. Um, and certainly that one there, that was, I just thought it was ridiculous. Um, you know, because there's a couple of ties in there that, you know, you think, when Lithgow Rose versus Falkett was one I picked out straight away it's a local derby and obviously it's now been picked up by BBC Scotland for their um, the 22nd of November you know, you at least have a little bit of a comment about that and how difficult a tie that'll be for a Falkett to say that's getting used to life in, in League 1 going to a junior team but yeah. I definitely even on final score on Saturday I don't think there was much in the Scottish Cup mm-hmm. I do you think they read the classified scores for that yeah. not scores yeah. Um, there's some of the other possible fact. There's a there's a Queen's Derby, Queen of South versus Queen's Park. Some stretch. Yeah. Um, I mean, Rangers aren't even enough. <laughs> oh, you, you had to you had to be controversial. Now Rangers ah. are in it. Broader Rangers are waiting great, Martin. Uh, no, I, 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 I don't think it's controversial at all. They have a picture of her up in their dressing room. That's not controversial. That's just a fact. True. Um, but yeah, Auckland like VR both. Um, that'll, that'll be an interesting one. Um, I think that'll be tough for Talbot against Arbroath. are doing better than expected in the, the championship, but you never know. You're you're capable. So. Yeah, I think folk were saying as well about Arbroath. Arbroath now to kind of grind out results as well. They know a team that's going to maybe like air last season whereby air play kind of good football and maybe it's a bit easier sometimes to defend against that if that makes sense. Whereas with Arbro, I think you'll get a proper it'll be a proper cup tie. Two teams going to it. I think the last time I paid any attention to what Arbro were doing in the Scottish Cup it was because they played Celtic and they got a draw at Celtic Park <laughs> to go to Arbro. I actually quite enjoyed that we do it. Um, Adam Matthews pinged in the only goal in the game that day. Um, but the the goal they got at Celtic Park was ridiculous because it was like just not cleared properly and then I think it deflected into the net and just you know, a few minutes left. So not one of our better games. We did go and win the cup that year, right enough. So mm-hmm. um, you know how some people say, "Oh, you never forget the you, you never remember the early rounds if you get your the, the hands in the cup at the end of it." I do. <laughs> yeah. I mind our both actually played the quarterfinals in '93, uh, 1993 season, and Rangers beat them 3-0. Um, Danny McGrain was the manager back then um, and then I think later on that year 93 they beat 9-1 by Celtic in the League Cup one of Liam Brady's better moments I remember that wonder if Dick Campbell would be up for coming on the podcast in the week leading up to it a Talbot fan and uh, the Arbroath manager I think Dick Campbell knows what the internet is <laughs> <laughs> I can't picture a team picture. You picture Dick Campbell using the internet. Skype. Well, we can ask the question. We could. Or, if, or we could get maybe one of our players or something like that. Mm-hmm. Try and see. Probably one. See, as we had him as a, a tie with the podcast earlier in the season. Yeah. But I've both have been beaten by junior opposition before in the Scottish Cup. Hosen Meadow beat them 1-0 in 2009. That's right, I think I've seen a tweet about that. Um, 
Um, but yeah, we've covered the Scottish Cup draw better than the BBC did. Probably one of the lower leagues then, seeing as we've been talking about some of the lower league teams already. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was a, an interesting game at Broadwoods. Um, Clyde and Wraith Rovers drawn to each. But the first thing I looked at was the league table. Um, it's pretty tight at the bottom. Um, Stranarn 10th and Farfar in 7th. There's a um, gap of three points. Um, from the playoffs, uh, Dumbarton to Clyde, you're only talking one point between those three teams, Dumbarton, Airdrie and Clyde. And then there's one point separating Wraith Rovers, East Fife and Falkirk. I don't know why. This is three leagues in there because actually the the gap between the Barton and Stranraer is almost the same as the gap between the Barton and the Race Rovers. Um, so, it's, so it's almost a two leagues because the, the top three, what, what they're going to ones fight out for the, the the straight promotion place, and then pretty much everyone else is in a playoff battle for that final yeah. space. Um, yeah. Even the like, like Peterhead and Stranraer at the bottom, they're not that far away from it. East Fife still the only unbeaten um, league side in Scottish football. Yeah, still going. Five ones, five draws. Yeah, please for Dan Young. Um, we've also interviewed him on here. I've had the privilege of playing in the team for ten minutes with him. <laughs> 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 um, there's, there's, there's not many zeros. What's that? He'd been linked with the L job, I think. Yeah, he was um, linked with it, but um, yeah, they went with a another former Dons captain, um, and yeah. A bit of a twat, Mark Kerr, to be brutally honest. <laughs> <laughs> do, do you remember him as an Aberdeen cat? If I, I just remember be... him. Yeah. He was, remember the, he was one of the ones that was kind of guilty of the drinking and going out and was an old and he'll get into yeah. a fight. Yeah, it was, yeah he, he was involved in a fight. He missed the last league game of the, the previous season against Hibs, the Game we beat them 2-1 and then Jimmy called we get sacked later on that day um, and we'd qualify for Europe so Mark McGee um, that's probably typical for his Aberdeen day, thought it was a good idea to reward care for his absolute idiocy by giving him the captaincy and that season he was appalling worst captain Aberdeen yeah. I've ever had in my opinion um, it's a weird one because other teams he was at he kinda, I think he's kind of held in quite quite a good regard but for us it just didn't work out I think though at the time as well we don't have him in Gary McDonald. He was vicious as well. I mean, that midfield was atrocious. Yep. That spell under Mark McGee was atrocious. Um, and Mark Kerr just uh, epitomised that from a player point of view. Um, but mixed reviews in terms of certainly air as well. Uh, a lot of kind of interesting comments, so a lot of folks saying about how chart manager, because he, he was a player that was always good designing chart manager back in yes, the day. Yes, yes, 0102. Get Channel Sam Ben as assistant and all that type of thing. But I don't know whether your fans will be happy with that or not. It's a bit, I suppose, a bit, maybe a wee bit of cont- continuity in terms of him being there already at the club, but there's that difficult transition of him being a, a player and then going to be a manager and having to act differently around the players or it should be anyway because you need to probably have some kind of distance from the players as opposed to being the old pals pal with that kind of thing mm-hmm. um, I don't know is Sandy Stewart still staying there as assistant or what I've not said but I'm assuming that's going to be the case because um, he'll need some experience alongside him yeah. they're obviously still doing well in the league it's not really affected him McCall leaving 
Well, they lost, they lost at the weekend for second game running, um, and it was also second game running that Dundee United lost. In fact, Dundee United didn't get beat, they got absolutely battered by Queen of South. Um, that was a shock, that one. Um, That's good, though. It's enjoyable, isn't it? Yeah. And <laughs> yeah, and the gap between Queen of South in fourth place and Partick Thistle in bottom place is four points. Stevie, Do- Stevie Doby. Stephen Doby gets his first goals of the season yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they were struggling for a bit. Um, my mate, um, who's a Queen of South fan, you know, says that their players are now starting to gel and they're starting to see the best of it. Um, they're obviously happy that Alan Johnson's back and maybe they're starting to see the best of it, but you just never know what's going to happen next week um, in this league. Because Queen of South could easily go back down to ninth. Um, I could. <laughs> uh, the one thing I would say though is the fact that he's off the mark now, Dolby. I mean, you know, fine well he could just go in and nowhere by scoring every game. So yeah. when you've got that in your team, you think, well, there's always a chance. Uh, mm-hmm. But I'm Morton, I mean, they're down to eighth now. Yeah, 100% record for them of defeats away from home. Yep. Oh, I terrible. And then you're getting I was just looking at the, the zeros that are in the, throughout the league because we talked about East Fife being unbeaten. They're the only ones we've earned. Uh, there's a zero in the lost column. Um, Beath in League Two haven't drawn any games yet, and the other zeros for the draw column are both in this league with the United and United at the top. One six drawn, none lost three. Yeah. There is one other zero, but we'll come on to it. Calith, I saw wish they had one less draw because um, had they managed to beat Allo at the weekend, they would have been top by a point. Yeah. It ended two each. Um, but it's it's crazy that league. I mean, effectively, we get two leagues there because you've got Dundee United and Cali Thistle support um, split by two points between those three teams, and then you've got Queen of South and Part. As I say, six teams separated by four points. Um, so you just never know what's going to happen. Um, but it's, especially it's everyone thinking, oh, Dundee United are going to run away with this league, and then they've ended up being true to form and struggling again. Mm-hmm. And the week that it's uh, Robbie Nielsen got a new what two-year deal. Yeah, it's it's incredible that Lawn Shankland held up for the Scotland squad and then they've went and lost the last two games without scoring. Yeah, I mean they've actually lost what three out of the last five in the league. Nice. So not not in particularly great form. Yeah, no. they're lucky that United are also in pretty stinking form, um, losing the last two games and that. Kelly Thistle haven't taken advantage also, so um, maybe this will act as a wake-up call for um, United. I still expect them to win the league uh, this season, but it might be tougher than people think. Um, but that part so of this, the weekend party going to Dundee. I was just going to say that. That's a terrific result for them, and um, Ian McCall would have loved that, um, going up there and winning, and maybe the managerial bounce will rub off on his team um, after all. Eagles in the last five minutes. Uh, it's certainly brought him back into contention because he was starting to get a wee bit of drift in there. But, uh, aye, just a point by now, and as you said, we're only four points behind Queen of the South. Yeah. Right. And then moving on to the Premiership, um, the team that's likely to go down into the Championship right now is looking like St Johnson. That was a Key game at the weekend. Yeah. They lost the, 2-0 and didn't play particularly well. The other zero in the league. The only team in the SPFL without a win. Um, and, nothing as well. 
the, the highlights were a bit misleading in this because I, again I, I was listening to Open All Mics and they were suggesting that St Johnson had actually been the better team and even um, Stephen Thompson said this in sports scene last night uh, last night, Sunday night uh, that St Johnson had been the better team until St Mirren scored but after that St Mirren just dominated they were always a team that they were going to extend the lead um, cracking overhead kick to uh, get the first goal was yeah. it a beaker mm-hmm. um, wasn't wasn't the greatest uh, like build-up play? Like, wasn't a great free kick into the box? It kind of pinballed around a bit and then just happened to sit nicely for a big uh, over a kick into the net. Uh, the second goal was much better. Um, not sure who was was involved in the build-up, but um, it was Mullen that finished it off. But uh, the the football that was played before it was was, was really nice to see. So, um, so Burns seemed to be starting to get things moving under uh, Jim Goodwin now. Whereas St Johnson, we said that during the League Cup campaign that they were poor when they get dumped off Celtic not into the season, there was questions being asked. Um, we've heard a few times that, oh, they look as if they might be turning a corner, but they've been picking up draws, but maybe they, well, well, it was one game in particular where they picked up a draw at Easter Road, but then everybody seems to take points off Hibs these days. Uh, but I'd, I'd, at which point are we going to say St Johnson are relegation candidates? No, everyone, everyone, yeah, everyone else seems to be saying that. Oh no, they're, they're, they're too good to go down. They probably turn it around. I'm not seeing it. No, they have quality. I agree, but they're not getting it uh, onto the pitch. So, I, I think now, at the moment, you've, you're right. You said that in introduction to this section that they're the favourites at the moment. Everybody else is picking up points. Even Hibs, uh, who are the team directly above them, are picking up the draws at least. Yeah, they do actually pick up wins, but they're, they're still picking up more points than St Johnston though. Yeah. I've seen it suggested elsewhere that maybe St Johnston have lost a bit of identity. It used to be that St Johnston were hard to beat, whereas now it's just not the case. Defensively especially, you used to always struggle to score against St Johnston, now it's, mm-hmm. it's pretty easy. Yeah, well they obviously have lost Stephen Anderson because he's went down to Wraith Rovers now, um, and Joe Shaughnessy uh, left in the summer to go to South End as well. Some St Johnson fans were saying that Kerr was the better defender of him and Shaughnessy, but I think Kerr's missing him. Um, and, you know, he won't be touted for big moves again if um, him and his colleagues keep defending the way they have been because they're not defending particularly well. I mean, the first goal, it was a good finish, but the build up to it, they just, the defender was atrocious. And if you defend like that, you're just, you're going to get punished. Um, they've got a key game this weekend uh, against Hamilton. Um, they need to win that, and if they don't win that, yep. um, you know they're in even bigger trouble. And Hamilton's off the back of another decent result, um, getting come back from behind to get a draw with Hibs. Slightly fortuitous that they got a draw, but they got a draw nonetheless. <laughs> and the thing is, the lack of experience they've got in defence. When you look at that defence on Saturday, you've got Ralston, who's not played many games. Duffy, as well, he can't have played many professional games. Kerr almost obviously broke through in it the scene last year. As well, and then what was under Clark? You know, maybe broke through last year properly. Uh, that might be the only good thing that's got, they've got St. John's have got going for them right now is that they do have a very youthful kind of team there at the moment that over time might gel into quite a decent team. There's some good individual players there. Um, it's just whether they can actually play together as a team properly. If that clicks, then maybe they'll start picking up better results and that'll pull them away for the position they're in at the moment. But it's a big if. They could really Senior do with a bit more experience in there. That's, uh, that's the point I was just about to make. They could do with a bit more experience in there to lead the younger players on. I'm not seeing it. 
you're looking to like, <laughs> Stevie May's one of the older heads in there, and he's a guy who's lacking confidence. Yeah, then you get uh, the other ones are Jason Hall, and then Murray Davidson. But Murray Davidson, I've kind of struck me as someone that's that vocal. No, no, he, he would need to lead by example, Ben. Um, and again, he's not really been doing it so far this season. Again, he's got the potential to do it, though. Uh, and if that starts clicking, then uh, maybe that's what everybody else is seeing. That's why nobody's saying she's just a relegation candidate. Shit. Um, but until that starts clicking, that there's potentials, nothing. You need to start putting it on the pitch. Yes. Uh, there was a couple of penalty claims in this game as well. Um, well, I don't remember seeing him in the highlights, but it picked up on them after in the analysis. Um, for me, St. John's one doesn't know really anything, to be honest, and the St. Martin one you know, gets kicked in the head. So um, even in that stake, St. John's wouldn't have got one in St. Martin would have. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as it was, the referee didn't give either. So, uh, D- Danny Mullins' goal contender for pick it out. Terms of the move. Possibly. Uh, aye, possibly. If you like, if, for the build-up play especially, um, if you want the technical skill, because over a kick as well is is, is got potential. I, I, I don't know what we're talking about because I know exactly where this packet is going this week. <laughs> still, nar- still, still narrowing it down, but we'll sa- save that for later. Um, aye, but, See, some... you mentioned Hamilton Hibs. We're going to that one because I think um, we're talking about. That kind of end of the table. Um, I mentioned already that Hibs keep picking up draws, but she really should be picking up wins. Yeah. Um, in this game, we started off with, um, I think the only surprise was, wasn't Doige it missed. Uh, Horgan's miss. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's awful. Terrible, yeah. Miss of the season, without question. Better off a Sharon Horgan. <laughs> oh, dear. But, yeah, a catastrophe not... from Horgan, there you go. There's your <sighs> podcast title. <laughs> I'm going to have to go to that program. Aye. Over that pro- aye. Mm-hmm. That's alright then. Well, it's a bit, most, there's only the two of us are going to get that one, but I don't know if anybody else will watch it. Um, but aye. Um, I like that. <laughs> aye, aye, no, I've still got my cold salty tears anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But no, that, that was one of the worst misses of the season. Um, I'm, I, I'm quite critical of Dodge, right? Um, I think he's been harshly done by in this game because credit to Stevie Mallon he does what Stevie Mallon does fires one in for outside the box um, Stubbs the younger not exactly doing the best of clearances um, Mallon then wiped out Alston no doubt that's a penalty uh, good penalty for to, to get the equaliser I thought Habs were maybe had a chance of a penalty in this game as well they didn't really cover it in the, the analysis it looked a pretty clumsy one to me I thought it probably should have been a penalty um, and then Deutsch had a good, a perfectly good goal ruled out as far as I can see. They said it was handball. Um, I've yet to see a highlight. I've yet to see a replay where this actually hits his hand. But nobody else seems to be disputing this. So, um, what am I missing something? I, th- I think it, I think it does hit his hand. Um, but it's very harsh because it's not as if he's used his arm to control the ball. He's, you know, he's went to control the ball and it's just flicked up. It's and he's couldn't exactly get his arm out of the way. Um. But that's just what happens when you're desperate for a goal and um, then you think you've got one. It's that sort of thing that stops it. Um, but yeah, Heckenbottom seems to be pursuit, um, persisting with him now and, and hope that he gets that, that elusive goal and they've got the game against Ross County this weekend, which won't be easy, but at least they're at home and they'll think maybe, just maybe, this will be the day. But um, he certainly played better than he did against Aberdeen. As, as we said a couple of weeks ago, 
he Aye. was the main reason Aberdeen got away with a draw at Pataudry because he had think... four absolute sitters and buggered up them, them all. I, I I think most people were surprised he was even in the team uh, against Hamilton, to be honest, after that performance. Uh, I, like I say, I've been sweating him for weeks. Uh, it's funny, people claim his best performance was against Celtic, and even in that game, the only reason he scored is because it went enough higher. Um, but I, I, I don't think Dyche did too much wrong in this game today. Uh, this time. Today? Two days ago? Three days ago? Um but yeah, maybe Heckenbottom's thinking he's more of a John Hartson than a Tony Cascarino. As, he's as, still getting uh, plenty of chances, guys, so at some point yeah. he's going to start scoring, you would think. Yeah, I'm, I mean, that's, that's exactly what I mean. I mean, John Hartson took forever to get his first Celtic goal, but went on to be a guy that scored um, Barrow with Celtic. He's one of the, the century Larson, boys. Did Larson not take away as well? Uh, no, Larson didn't take anywhere near as long. Um, but then at the other end of the scale, you had Tony Cascarino, who took ages to get out any goal and was still rotting after. So, um, best thing Tony Cascarino ever did was get swapped for Tom Boyd. <laughs> uh, the, the other thing about this game, though, how on earth did they two teams get to play in those strips? How is that not a colour clash? I don't get it. I just, I just don't get the wearing away strips when you don't need to. Um, like, I think Albion Rovers did it um, at the weekend when they're, home, um, they're already away strip at home. Why? They were playing a team in black. Yellow and black don't really clash unless it's two teams playing in yellow and black. <laughs> and this game here, um, yeah, I don't get Hibs wearing that grey strip away a team in white and red. No, I don't know. Yeah, just wearing a green. I don't know if I could ask this, didn't it? Sell jerseys. Oh, sorry. No, I, I just, it looked far too similar. I mean, given. The, like, you could tell the difference. I'm not disputing you couldn't tell the difference. It's just, I'm, I, I always get annoyed. It's even Celtic and Hibs play a cup final and the two of them have to change. That does my head in. Because you look back to like the 60s and the 70s, the two of them used to play in their home kits. Even the early 90s. Nope. Right. So, it's, like, so you've seen it. You know the two teams can play and it isn't really a clash. And yet in this game, you had pretty much the same idea. It was... I mean, Hibs had... It's technically grey, but it looks white, really. It looks dirty white. Um, against red and white hoops. Mm-hmm. All that different for Celtic and Hibs clashing, is it? But do you I mind... don't get that. John Beaton must have agreed to that. He was a referee in the game. But do you remember the um, the two Scotland-England games? Because Scotland, for that year, decided, um, let's go with white sleeves. It meant that under UEFA yeah. and FIFA rules, yeah, Scotland, you'll need to play in pink um, at Wembley, and England, you'll need to play in red at Hamden. And it also meant that um, in Scotland play Slovakia because both of Slovakia's strips clashed with um, the Scotland's blue and white kit. Scott had to play a pink at home um, for that game. It's like, come off it. <laughs> they go too far with these clashes because most of the time you can tell a difference. Like I say, I mean, even, even in this game, I didn't have too much of a problem telling the difference. Now, I'm not playing in the game, I must admit. Um, I've played in plenty of games where I've tried to pass to the guy that's got the same jersey as me and he happens to be another team. Um, but in this case, that's usually a mismatch. So for the avoidance of doubt, just them um, give the opposition training bibs or something. The yellow bibs or orange bibs. <laughs> <laughs> Get the old training bibs out. Right. Jump us Honestly, <laughs> I don't know why that's a problem, why you couldn't do that, because you've got a sponsor on your bib. What difference does it make? As long as you can tell the difference between the two teams, that's all that really matters in the end. 
I'm just, I, I'm just, I'm very surprised this one was allowed to go by because they're very, they can be very anal about these things, um, and this looked. Yeah. It was, it was obvious enough that even I'm picking up on it, and well, it's not as a sports you mentioned that or anything. So, but you can see so, it. I thought about it. If we're saying that uh, St. Johnson are relegation candidates or Hibs. Um, we have a point, yeah. But, um... We have a bitten points, yeah, I would think so. Um, because this was a game they should have won. Um, as we said a couple of weeks ago, they should have beat Aberdeen. That's what they're for three draws their own. The last two of them they should have won. Mm-hmm. So they've got seven points instead of it should be what, 11. If they had 11 points, they'd be challenged for top six. Yeah. As it is, 11th in the playoff spot. Mm-hmm. And Hearts, you have to say at the moment, are. Um, I mean, it's easy to say that. Hearts and Hibs are too they're, they're too big to get down. Well, Hibs went down a couple of years ago. I know Hearts went down, but Hearts had that fifteen point went deduction. Down the yeah. Hearts had that fifteen point deduction and we're playing their under twelves, to be fair. Um Hibs did not have an excuse. They were just rotten. <laughs> You're sitting in the fence now, aren't you? I I just get too comfy in the fence, I thought, nah. Aye. We'll, we'll, we'll come on to Hearts later because I hate doing things when it's not chronological. Uh, I, <laughs> I just thought we were going with the relegation theme. Um, oh, that's what I was thinking maybe too. We could just go with it. Uh, well, it depends on which of the two teams you're talking about. Because uh, there's, there's a narrative between at the top of the team, remember. <laughs> well, can we just let's just talk about our plastic and get it out of the way. Oh yeah, Livingston's fourth defeat in five games. Um, yeah, only only they could beat Celtic apart. <laughs> yeah, it was the same team. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not surprised Livingston beat Celtic with this team. We play the same eleven, um, but never really looked like getting anything out of this game. To be honest, no. It did See before, can I talk about that? What's the whole thing with Julian coming out on Twitter and saying that he was nervous and all that against Livingston? I have no idea. I, don't, I genuinely don't know what that was about, but it seemed it, it, it's something about learning lessons for Livingston, and he keeps posting pictures of him getting elbowed in the back of the head and stuff. So um, I'm half expecting him to come out and get sent off because he tried to get away with the same thing. And, uh, but no, um, it was just a shock to his system um, that you know he's been. Let's be honest, he's been strong since he's came in, and maybe that was just the game that gave him a wake up call. Um, every every good player has a bad game every so often. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think um, given how well he started it's just you know, fair play to Fratcher coming out and saying yeah I wasn't very good um, let's, I'll try and put it right next time rather than try and hide so no, no fair play I've no idea if he put it right this time because I didn't see anything from Ross County but we'll come on to that game later <laughs> <laughs> well I don't know there was much defending that we'd done anyway <laughs> uh, aye, so um, come on look what good for the win in this game Um First goal, no doubt it was a free kick. Let me took it, Brophy. Mm-hmm. Um, the free kick somehow managed to do the dicker and it's a cracking finish. Yeah. His uh, second goal for Kilmarnock, his first in two and a half year. Aye, not bad felt. Uh, Mackenzie got the second goal. Again, love a bit of play for the likes of uh, O'Donnell. Uh, tried, I think he tried to get it to Brophy originally, but Brophy never quite managed to. It was faced the wrong way, basically. Um, so it came to Mackenzie and he finished it off nicely. How on earth is the goal given at Lee Miller? <laughs> yeah. 
I don't get that one at all. Really? Have they given it to Miller? What yeah. is going on? With, what is going on with us this week? because like, that's another thing I'm going to come on to later. Aye, the Celtic game. Aye. You might as well um, cover that now. You might as well move on to it. Aye, alright, we'll come on in a second. Just like you say, I don't know how that's a Miller goal. Um, it looks to me um, like that was whether that was going in or not. It was going white. <laughs> aye, I think so. Um, so it should really be a, was it Del Favro? Is that his name? Aye, um, I think so. But aye, I. I I don't see how this gets given to Miller and then later on we're talking about uh, an own goal uh, in the Celtic game <laughs> when Ed Watts was obviously going in. Um, so yeah, let's, let's, let's get to the Celtic game then. Um, because it was... This was Celtic coming back after an international break after having only picked up one point out of possible six, having lost the previous game at Livingston. Um, they then had Ross County. Ross County doing pretty well, sitting even today. They're sitting six in the whole the table. Um, and Celtic walked over them. It was just, um, I Shit, think Neil yeah. called it a complete performance. Um, and I find it hard to dispute because in the first half, um, Elanusi scored with his second effort, and that was worth after only four minutes. Um, but maybe a wee bit lucky to get the break of the ball um, in the build up to it. When I thought. Um, I think it was Fraser who put a challenge in it and just it kind of you know, she rolled over it um, further at the corner and then the rest of the first half was basically Celtic uh, being unlucky not to score um, because they had a James Forrest effort that was just wide um, like Foster cleared one off the line there was a few laid loss saves McGregor even hit the post with one he probably should have scored away uh, something like 21 shots for Celtic in the first half um, ridiculous stats uh, to then go in at halftime 1-0. Um, and when this game was on, I was at soft play with my kids in East Kilbride. <laughs> <laughs> um, I came out just the second half was starting. And at the time it took me, I, I don't like, I don't know, like people who know this, um, know that there's a soft play in East Kilbride, um, what's it called, Lollipop Land, it's in Playsport, kind of Stuart Field area, in East Kilbride, I think. Uh, anyway, <laughs> when you come out of there, you have to go left. You can't turn right you have to go left and go down the roundabout and come back again. In the space of the time it took me to go from turning left to going down the roundabout to getting back to the point that the exit was, Celtic could score three goals. <laughs> That's how quickly Celtic scored the second half. It was just bang, 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 one goal after another. Um, so I almost thought, it was just, I, I was listening to open all mics, as I said earlier, um, and it was Michael Stewart, I think, was doing it. He just kept coming on. It's another goal for Celtic, another goal for Celtic, another goal for Celtic. Even the fifth goal wasn't too far behind that one as well. Um, so you had uh, Edward Poston Watson's mistake, um, and then further on his goal. Uh, I don't know what Watson was doing, some bizarre diving header attempt, um, despite the fact that it was on the ground pretty much. Um, you know how McGregor making up for his miss in the first half when he hit the post so he uh, scored the third goal Edward got the fourth I am not giving this to Fontaine that is ridiculous um, <laughs> there, there are people there are people claiming even now that that should be a, a, a Fontaine on goal because apparently Fontaine hit it off himself so, oh it was Sky I've given it to Fontaine the ball was going in the back of the net if Fontaine's oh, not there that to me is an Edward goal um, but just Crazy, um, and then uh, Forrest get the fifth. Now the fourth and the fifth goals, well, a brilliant bit of play by um, Frimpong. Um, when I watched the over him, he looks. I'm not going to get too excited over one game, but he that he looks a find if he can continue that kind of form. 
Um, That's the second game, is it not? Not the first cup. I, I think he did, but I think it's the first I've actually seen him properly. Um, and he, he had a couple of dodgy moments in the first half, apparently, but they didn't make highlights, so I don't know idea. Um, and the the, the set up for the, the two goals, the fourth and first goals especially, um, was just great. So um, we seem to have an abundance of fullbacks suddenly, and we haven't even seen Taylor yet. Uh, I, don't know. I um, he's not even on the bench, which is I find unusual. I don't know if we're just going for people that can play in different positions uh, on the bench, give us a bit more flexibility there. But certainly I've seen um, El Hamid, he looks terrific. He's a guy who can play centre half as well. Um, Frimpong, Cracking, and then Bauer as well. Yeah. Uh, he, he's done pretty well and he's come in as well so we've got three terrific right backs suddenly as far as I can see where last season we were pushing uh, Michael Lustig as much as we could um, so I think the right back area has been sorted out for us uh, and certainly ball and goal he's been getting better and better so um, I'll be interested to see what happens if Greg Taylor ever gets back in the team back in the team he's not played yet um, I'm sorry, I've missed a goal. Um, Elanoussi um, bookended the day with a six goal. Um, so that ultimately um, has Celtic top of the league today um, on goal scored. You've given it away because you've not talked about the game I know, on Sunday yet. I know, but the, the, the six goal was crucial because if without that six goal, Celtic would not be top. Um, it was just like, I don't think Ross County did anything too bad in this game, just Celtic won. Terrific. They've just ripped them apart. Um, apart from the, the watching mistake, I don't think there was anything especially bad. It was, it was Celtic were working the space that they, to get it themselves. Without, it's not getting were defending the numbers. I don't think there was any problem there. I don't think they, I can't really point to anything that Ross County did wrong, other than turn up when I get Celtic were really good. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean. Uh, Full credit to Celtic for the, the, the performance. We, that's exactly what we needed. Um, we got to rest a few players ahead of uh, Thursday night's game against Lazio. Uh, we even got to make a few changes in this game. Um, I think the, the biggest disappointment was the fact that we got the mercy rule in this game. And um, interestingly, there is a Twitter account uh, called Celtic by Numbers. Um, who was tweeting, he's done a bit of. Oh, see. He's quite good for stats, um, specifically Celtic stats, obviously, by the name. Um, but one of the things he was looking into was um, how often the Mercy Rule gets played. I don't know exactly how much um, information there is in this, but what he was saying was, when Celtic are more than three goals up, less than two minutes are added. In fact, 44% less time is added when Celtic plus three in Scotland compared to all their games. And the SPFL, when a side is up... Is, three or more up, an average of 2.9 minutes are added. When it's Celtic, it's 1.4. Apparently, this follows on for something Neil Lennon said after the game about the fact that the, the game got cut short, effectively, um, because the time wasn't added on. We've mentioned it in this podcast before, so I was calling it Mercy Room. Um, so, when you look at a league table tonight, or this morning, or whenever you're listening to this podcast... The points at the top, between the top two are the same. The goal difference between the top two is the same. And it's only one goal scored more by Celtic over Rangers. Um, and obviously one goal conceded more by Celtic over Rangers. Um, when the league is that tight, these things can matter. And it's not as if we, like, we all remember like 2002-2003 season 
when it came down to the fact that Rangers goal difference was one better than Celtics. Um, thanks to a dodgy penalty they got in the final game. Uh, but even if they hadn't got a dodgy penalty, they'd have won the league on goal scored. Yeah. So these things matter over the course of a season. So if you're taking the time off um, at the end of a game, especially a game when the fans are really enjoying it, as I imagine the Celtic fans well, that were at the game on, on, on Saturday, then uh, they're getting value for money, but we'll come on to that other banner in a minute. <laughs> um, but yeah, you're stealing for the, the, the people that are paid to get into this game by not adding on the extra time. And I'll, you might be stealing more than just entertainment value. Having said all that, I'm led to believe that what Celtic were doing at the end of the game was passing the ball about with no intention of scoring any more goals. So it kind of defeats the point of the whole, the whole conversation in the first place. But I just think referees are not there to decide mercy. And I have said that many times in this podcast. I'm thinking about the old game that you used to play at school and it was mercy with a like, hand twisted and all that type of thing. Aye. Just now, even though I know what a mercy there was, but that's just what came in my head. Aye, do you think Neil Lennon will be playing that um, at the next SFA meeting, um, begging you for mercy? <sighs> no, that'll be uh, Damien Duffy. Uh, Ouch. Ouch. So, uh, so uh, aye, uh, the, the other banner at the, the Celtic game was uh, a continuation of the campaign that Celtic fans have had across a couple of away venues in recent weeks where they've been saying about 20s plenty when it comes to ticket prices. Uh, they listed off a few different games for like um, I think Hearts and Hamilton was one, while Celtic was another one, Livingston Celtic. Um, they've said they, they want lower prices for all fans and they want Celtic to set the trend at 20s plenty. Um, so I think, I hope now that Celtic have done that and aimed it at their own board, maybe a, bit, a few more fans will actually um, set up a take notice and join in because. <laughs> I, I know, I know. Lewis was getting stinking at the weekend after yes. that battle. I was just going to say, I think the Celtic fans' reaction pointed more towards Lewis than than Peter yes. Lobel, to be perfectly honest. I, but he I, took I, it well. I'm to be fair, a banner for Lewis at the next game. <laughs> As it is, um, I mean, he agrees ultimately. <laughs> we, we spoke about it. Um, yeah. If we can get the prices at twenty quid a match, then we'd be delighted. But can you really see the clubs doing it? Right. Well, see, we, we touched on it a couple of weeks ago that Celtic are probably in the best position to do that. Mm-hmm. Well, without a doubt. There's, there's more fans there. The, the, the fact that Celtic are the, the team that make all the money, they could lower the prices to 20 quid. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, 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 there is another point to that, that if Celtic start the charging just 20 quid a game, then they would need to adjust the season ticket prices to accordingly. Because you're talking, maybe need to wait for that season to do it. Aye, so 21 quid, uh, 21 games on a season ticket at 20 quid a pop. You're talking about 420 quid. Did I do my sums right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I when I had a season ticket at Celtic, it was more than that, um, and that's been a few years now. So uh, it would be a, a big hit for Celtic to do that. Um, but ultimately, when you're making an millions for sales of players and European tournaments and, and that kind of thing. It's not, it's, it's a big cap, but it's not one they couldn't take, especially with the money in the bank and they've got money coming. There's, there's no, there's nothing in the Celtics books that say they couldn't afford to do it. 
Um, whether other teams could afford to do it, and I think that might be a bigger point, is that Celtic can't sell any more tickets at 20 quid a pop, whereas plenty of other teams in the SPFL could sell more tickets if they lowered the price. They may be able to fill the stand a bit more. I'm thinking yeah. places like Kilmarnock, like Hamilton, Lakes and Johnson, those kind of places that rarely have the, the full stands. Maybe if they were selling at a cheaper price, they would be able to counterbalance it a bit more by selling more tickets. Um, whether it would balance out, I don't know. They might have run the numbers. Um, but but yeah. that, that would be the hope. Is that that's how they would balance it. It would certainly Celtic and Rangers as well. I think Hearts probably um, are the one to tend to sell out or, or just about sell out the stadium anyway for the, the prices that they already charge. I think it's been spoken about before in past seasons whereby the risk would maybe be that the likes of the lower clubs would maybe start charging 20 quid and then they wouldn't see any increase in numbers. Yeah, that's the fear. You're like, all right, okay, we're losing out money, but because there's been times obviously we've seen the likes of maybe Motherwell and or cup games and maybe just at the £15 or lower price and stuff like that, and maybe see a wee bit of a boost, but not anything that's you know, drastic. Yeah. yeah. But anything that helps get more folk in the ground would be, would be good. Yeah, without doubt. Hey, I think I've talked enough now, so we should probably move on to Mother Aberdeen and you can pontificate about how brilliant the Dons were this week. Yeah, quite a yeah. surprise. Quite a surprise uh, um, yeah. team selection um, because obviously we all had one fit midfielder in Dean Campbell and he was in the bench. Um, Stephen Gleason still wasn't fairly fit and he was in the bench because uh, Lewis Ferguson was suspended as well. So we decided to go with two fullbacks in the centre midfield in Viner and Lee with constantly playing at left back. Um, left back. I thought when I looked at the starting lineup, Aberdeen were going to go five four one, but it was their normal formation. Um, and they were excellent. Um, obviously, got nearly got off to a bad start with giving away the penalty. Was it a penalty? No. No. But I think I can understand why the referee gave it because the position yeah. he's in and obviously the linesman's on the other side, I can un- understand why that decision is given. Um, and we don't have VR in Scotland. Maybe that's a good thing. Um, <laughs> wonderful save by Lewis. It's one of the best penalty saves I've seen um, him making. He's made a few good ones. Um, and then also get a boost from that wonderful pass by Lee for the first goal and well taken by Cosgrove. Um, the second one now I'm again beautiful little chip in the top corner and then Viner with an absolute scream. I th- I don't know if that takes a nick or not. Um, I was given that goal of the week just simply because um, of the way he had to and the fact you don't expect it from Zach Viner. Um, but what do you think, John? I like Cosgroves because I like the, the pass through from Lee as well. Mm-hmm. Um, they're all good goals though. McGinn's as well. I like the McGinn's as well in terms of the fact that we actually got pressing mm-hmm. pretty well. Um, yeah. And that led to the goal. So end up coming from a mistake. Yeah. But well done to McInnes because obviously he's been criticised this season and I think a lot of it's been justified because we were not playing good football. The results also weren't great. Um, and in a situation where we were down to the bare bones in terms of midfield options, to pull that performance out of the bag was excellent. Um, it was a more of a counter-attacking game, um, although being the home side and being on form, um, we had to counter a bit, but we did it well, and we played pretty decent stuff with what I saw in the highlights, and so well done, yeah. McInnes. And we've always thought we've always going to look better though, when we've been a team that's playing on the counter on the McInnes. Yeah. But unfortunately, because of the success we've had in terms of finishing higher up the league, it's ended up in a team sitting against you. 
definitely does. I've always thought it kind of suits us better when teams are maybe kind of coming at us. But to do it against Motherwell as well, who have been doing so well, um, is really impressive. I think folk have spoken about maybe off the back of the international break, Devlin's come back full of confidence. Um, and then obviously, I, it looks like a masterstroke now in terms of Greg Lee and Viner being in the middle of the park, whereas before the game, the two of us are like, oh, what's going to happen here? Um, McInnes has now said he thinks Viner looks most suited to play in the midfield. I don't know whether Greg Lee will continue in there. I think he would go back to left back because mm-hmm. obviously you've got Ferguson to come back in, who I think will go straight back in the team, I would think, against Celtic. Um, but it's good to have that the option there with them being able to play in there. Because what the problem is, if you start playing Lee and Viner in the middle of the park, we've actually then only get four fit defenders. You'd imagine Ferguson will come back into the team at the weekend, but it's good to know that you can chop and change if need be. Um, maybe Lee's going to be the new Shinny and um, you know, f- fill in different positions when need be, but he would rather um, have him in his mm-hmm. best position, which is left back. Um, it's nice to have these options. Yeah. Um, and maybe it'll give guys like Ferguson, who hasn't had the best of seasons, I don't think, this season. Um, although, is there too much expectation on a guy that's not long-term 20? Was it not long-term 19? Yeah. I think the thing as well, it was impressive, the fact that all the goals were both in play. Yeah. Because at times this season, that's something we've been kind of discussing in terms of we've not really always had a threat in an open play, so that's the kind of pleasing aspect as well. Now I'm again, 80th goal for Aberdeen. Mm-hmm. It's just a good record, considering he's only, only played that one season up front. Yeah. Most of his career's been played out wide. Um, so I, well, lots of pleasing things. Caused of as well. I think spoken how many times about how he can be a divisive figure but again on Saturday supposedly he was maybe not near you don't know unplayable but he showed that he's not just a, a there's a misconception that he's some kind of barring ram whereas I've never really seen that with Sam Cosgrove. I think people are getting confused with Cosgrove from the first um his first six, seven months in Aberdeen shirt. because um, for for a while he was he was poor. Um but the Sam Cosgrove from December, last December till now is a much different player. I think he's record something like 34 goals in 44 games. How people can criticise that, I have no idea. Um, and he's been he's been scoring against the uh, you know Rangers as well. He's obviously not scored against Celtic, but not many Aberdeen players do. But um, I know he scored a penalty against Celtic last season. But whether it's a penalty, whether it's a tap in the box or the a header or even the one that he scored at the weekend with composed finish he's putting the ball in the back of the net more regularly than anyone else but people say he hinders Aberdeen's play it's the same <laughs> when we had Adam Rooney remember it was yeah. the, the accusation was all he does is score goals you were thinking <laughs> well see there's about nine clubs in the league that would probably go high I'll, I'll take him because <laughs> funnily enough scoring goals helps you win games Cosmo uh, Bank's improving all the time and you've got to consider as well he's He's still kind of pretty young. Now, yeah. He's improving aspects of his game all the time. And I think mm-hmm. the problem is if you do play one up front, there will be games that you do end up isolated. Yeah. That's what happens. You see bigger clubs than us like, mm-hmm. um, struggling. And I think I've seen like, uh, well, one game maybe Sunday. And Rangers have got two strikers who are both scoring for fun. Surely at some point you maybe think, well, could we try both of them up front together? See what happens. Yeah, I possibly. Never know. Aye. Um, and Bruce Anderson has seen scored for the um, 
the reserve side a hat trick. He posted that he scores on a hat trick, so that's another option. Um, and that's a second hat trick. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, good to have. Yeah, it poses nice questions for McKiss because we said last season that um, there was times we looked better with four four two than we did when we had the four two three one, but. Um, He's more likely to go 4 2 more often than not, and we do have the players to play that formation. I would like Wilson alongside um, Cosgrove more often, but yeah, wait and see. When If McInnes picks that team again and it wins at the weekend, um, that would be nice. Obviously, it's a much more difficult game because it's Celtic, um, and we're overdue a win against Celtic in a game that matters. Not that dead rubber at the end of the 2017-18 season. I saw us get second place. Because um, the last time we won a game that meant something against Celtic it was the one where Simon Church scored in his debut. 2-1 game. Johnny Hayes scored for Aberdeen. That was uh, February 2016. Um, so, but... Aye. It's a weird one this season, though, because we're actually fourth place and we've lost two games in the league. Whereas when you can think a few weeks ago, it was looking as if we were having the worst season ever. We probably over that we overreacted a wee bit ourselves because even though on here we yeah. were talking about should McInnes be out and all that type of thing and mm-hmm. I dare say there's still folk that will be would prefer him not to be Aberdeen but as, as I've said about Aberdeen fans we're a fickle bunch and I include you and I in that time so um, if see if Twitter was about um, and social media was about 1978 the, the the reaction would have been what are Aberdeen doing um, appointing a manager sat by some man hashtag lack of ambition hashtag fair get out <laughs> That would have been yeah. kind of reaction back then, but um, nah, I'll joke on this side. I mean, I think sometimes the criticism McInnes is over the top. I think this season, I think because he got the new contract um, without really working for it, I think that's where some of the um, criticism came in and I was part of it. Um, that win at the weekend doesn't um, take everything, every bit of criticism away. Aberdeen's still got a lot more to do. I think if they beat Celtic this weekend, then the criticism will ease a bit, and we'll just see where we end up. But yeah, remember two seasons ago though, uh, under adversity and fire off, it was Motherwell as well. Um, it probably kick-started our season when McKenna came in. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Hi, that's when we really played a five-four-one or five-three-two that day. Uh, <laughs> Because so, we get absolutely annihilated in the cup um, at Far Park a few days before, so yeah, let's hope so. Let's hope that's an omen going to Far Park. Hopefully, they'll take use up all the goals at the weekend. <laughs> Aye. Nah, I've always you know, know it'll be tough. We know you know it'll be tough, but at least that maybe it gives you. Do you go with the same team that kind of started on um, on Saturday? Kind of. Change it slightly. I do think I think Ferguson will definitely come back into the team. Well, bear in mind, uh, and Celtic have also got a game on Thursday against uh, Lazio, so they'll no doubt make changes. Let's just hope that they don't learn from their last lesson after they played in the European game and then we do what Livingston did. That would be quite nice. You don't have a plastic patch, though. So we kind of blame I'm that. Previewing the European games at all, apart from just giving to your say to the fact that have. I played. Oh, I, I just <laughs> have. That. Is that it? We'll just yeah. we'll give it the sports scene. Early. We'll give it the sports scene treatment. Aye, that's <laughs> fine. No one cares about your pain anyway. Just at home to Lazio and Rangers are away to Porto. Time. Right. No, just before we move on from the Aberdeen game, did you even mention the fact that Mother had a penalty? Yeah, it's the first thing I said. Did you mention how good the body save was? Aye. Yes. That's my biggest fear: is that your goalkeeper has a 
terrific game like that. Um, because he... My biggest fear is Tom Rodic. Aye, because he hasn't really done much for us for ages, so he's probably overdue. <laughs> my, my biggest but fear... The fact Ryan Christie's back means that Rodgers doesn't play, but then you put Ryan Christie. won't be back. Christie's as much as been there for two games. Oh, well, that's good. Oh, shame. Um... I, I just fear that we do what we always do against Celtic, sit off them and let um, one of your centre backs have the ball, thinking they won't do anything, and then it'll, and then we we'll get penalised, like we did in the League Cup final with Bayata, um, when he played the pass through for Christie for the winning goal. I just hope we, we're a bit more up and at him with Celtic. I know Celtic's get better players, and you can't go properly toe to toe because if you do, you end up getting done. But there's got to be a good mixture. Like we almost yeah. did it in the Scottish. Like we almost did it in the Scottish Cup final. If it wasn't for the Johnny Hayes, Kenny McLean, um, bugger up um, in the 60th minute, we'd have probably won the cup that day. Um, that's about as close as we we came. Um, I think last season we showed signs that we were uh, we were doing alright against Celtic. Especially um, when you went toe to toe with us. I think that's your best tactic. If you go toe to toe with us, we don't like it. I think that gives you your best chance. Yeah, I think that's like the same with any team. Like Livingston, obviously, when they beat Celtic there, mm-hmm. um, if you be a bit direct against Celtic and you have just maybe simple stuff like have defenders turning and doing things they don't want to do, like let's face it, the, the, like most defenders now aren't used to playing against someone that's going to be a bit physical against them. So, I think uh, certainly the, like the, the neutrals next weekend are hoping that Aberdeen can beat Celtic and Motherwell can go to Ebrox and win as well. Because that closes up the the the, the table a bit. Because already it's like, like there's a there's a Set. six point gap between second and third. Mm-hmm. I mean, we should be marketing this as a big big thing this weekend as well. At the top four, well, as it stands, the top four are playing. I'd imagine there might be movement. Like, well, actually, we could have Buffy's just come on look, but I can't uh, say what we're going to say on there in terms of what English media would be doing if it was a similar situation. But they haven't. Something something beginning with W and it'd be a fest. <laughs> yeah, see, mm. you got it you, straight away, Chris. Uh, Took me a minute. I think I'll stick with Super Sunday. Yeah. <sighs> Should we move on to the Hearts game? Right, come on. Um, what should we say about the? Defending a Tavernier. Um, who, who Mark Warburton but, is um, saying why um, the big English clubs will big, big, big money for him. Oh, they could be the helped to so it's probably they, true. They could not wait to get that squad, could they? <laughs> what well, Tavernier's been in the top flight or even below that. We've been ha- having the same conversation about the fact that he's not the greatest defensively. Yeah. Right. Well, he, he made a complete mess of both goals against Young Boys a few weeks ago. He's made a mess of the Hearts goal in this game as well. Um, so that's what, five points across two tournaments he's cost him. Um, and it, that wasn't even Hearts' first chance. I think Pezu had a header off the bar before the goal. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, Hearts started really well in this game. Um, Machino took his chance well to get the, the opening goal. Um, I thought the um, Hickey wasn't exactly great in this game. Maybe he was a bit unsettled. Or done media did your job. Actually, played right back instead of left back <laughs> as well. He's been playing yeah. left back mostly for Hearts. So yeah. Right. I mean, I mean, thankfully for Hickey, um, the referee did default for Arfield jumping into him later on um, to try and win a penalty. 
So, uh, I suppose for that perspective, that was nearly what Hickey's... That, that would have summed up Hickey's day, that being given, but... Um, aye, what is it? I won't talk to me. Arthur jumped into him, so I think they've got that one night. Yeah. Uh, but that was after the, the equaliser. Um, and Morelos was unmarked. How does Morelos end up unmarked? Because Hickey's um, ball watching. Exactly. Well, I think he's well, Hickey shouldn't be marking Morelos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But aye, the, the, the defending for Hearts and that um, set piece was pretty appalling. Um, and they should never get the corner in the first place because that was another Hickey mistake. Mm hmm. Um, so uh, he he did not have a good day. Um, so like I say, the, the media done their job on settling him for the weekend. Um, I mean, we get, the, sorry, I'll be back to so Scott McKenna time. this week. Aye, uh, probably. But he was had so much time in this that he seemed to pinball in his legs before he was able to fire it in the net. And he's only three yards out. Um, unfortunately, um, as he was celebrating in front of the Hearts fans, um, Hearts are now investigating upon racial abuse. Uh, that he got, which we really don't want to see in the game. No. Um, that follows on further nonsense. England had to put up with Bulgaria last week. Um, and in an FA Cup game. Yeah, the Cup game in England as well. Aye, I mean, Morelos, there's enough to slate him for um, without resorting to that nonsense. So, yeah. uh, aye, I don't want to hear that. No. No. Uh, but uh, ultimately, Game finished one each, so uh, Rangers dropped some points, and now Celtic Rangers are level on points, as we mentioned previous. Level just put everything except goal scored. Uh, so, not alphabetical order like some people try to suggest. The goals for column counts, that's how they sort it. Um, you could also say to take it ahead and head to head, but we don't do that in this country, unfortunately. Club <laughs> margins. Right, it hurts. Deserved a point for um, what I could understand. Stephen Gerrard wasn't too happy with Rangers in this game. It's probably the worst of point. Uh, well, that turn heart season around, getting a, a good point at home against the Rangers team they usually tend to lose to. But wait and see. Well, we'll see how they got in at uh, the Tony Macaroni this weekend. Because um, otherwise, if they if they lose to Livingston again, then that result becomes immaterial. Um, so yeah. waste of a good point, um, and I think Hearts play. I think I heard they're playing St Johnson next week as well. If Hearts don't follow up this point with at least four points in the next two games, then or certainly I think they should be looking for six to be perfectly honest. If they want to climb that table, then that will be a wasted point almost. It's another game that um, Hearts haven't been able to win at home as well. Mm-hmm. Which, um, yeah. When was the last time Hearts won? Against us in March. Yeah. So, yeah, six months ago. Was right. that six months? Six that was months. six months. That'll be seven months come the end of the month, yeah. Uh, <laughs> by the time the month changes again, it'll be another month. Yeah, great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it's, it's a long time. Um, for what Was at one point a place that Hearts were almost a three-point banker? Yeah. Because after they did the the, the new stand then um, I think they, when they finally got back there after Murrayfield it took Celtic's second visit for them to get beat there because mm-hmm. they beat us the first time yeah so uh, it's not been the, the greatest of runs um, and obviously it continues after this weekend but uh, I don't think they're, they're not back at home again until well yeah next month <laughs> so yeah it's a burn. <laughs> 
Is that the next home, um, home game? I, I, yeah. I, I, I just heard they were playing St. Johnson. Yeah. Obviously this weekend, then they've got St. Johnson away as well. Um, and the week after that, and then they've got the League Cup semi-final. And then they play St. Martin on the, the 9th of November. That's the, the next home game. Yeah. That's an, an international break again after that. Aye, we've got, we've got proper warm-up games. We talked about this last week. The next two games are the ones we actually won the test ourselves against. We need to go to Cyprus, and that's a bit of a... Yeah. I just hope we're not testing um, Ollie McBurney after he um, failed his um, uh, drink test. Week. Yeah, if there's any, any uh, another reason not to like Ollie McBurney, just give me another one. Aye. multi-millionaire footballer who, who thinks he's above the law who thinks that ah, I've got all this money I'll just show off I'll have a drink and um, sh- show that I can I can drive drunk because um, I've got lots of money get a bloody taxi and stop being a twat I really am on my high horse tonight so. you were more polite saying that than I was because I was about to drop an F-bomb I nearly did I, had to... <laughs> I, I, was, I wanted to drop an F-bomb earlier when I was talking about Cove and all that but I never was quite well behaved <laughs> Yeah. Don't think I've sworn in the podcast in a few weeks. I don't think you've sworn so, since um, you've been called F bomb, John. Um, yeah. It's, very it's cool. almost like a, yeah. Aye. I'm pretty sure I'll be wearing the post Yeah. Well, it's going to happen on Sunday. I was going to say, next week I'll probably have Sunday, sure. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we, 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 we touched on it um, that Europe's coming up this week. Um, right. We're recording this on Tuesday, so the Champions League's been played already, but nobody cares about that in Scottish football. Uh, as Europa League for Celtic Rangers this week. Um, there's lots of reminders about the last time Rangers played Porto. Um, I think they were... Was it Guy? What day was it we're talking to? I've seen <laughs> the BBC website. You know how they've got Gavin Ray and you've got um, Derek Ray. And then you've got Nosferatu, whose name I can't remember right now. Alex Ray, that's the name of the game. I was going to say Derek Ray's a commentator. Aye, Derek, that's what it's going to be. Derek Ray, I don't remember exactly what game we're talking about. Yeah, but, uh, it was. Uh... Yeah, Ross, Ross McCormick came on and scored the equaliser, which pretty much helped Rangers get into the last uh, 16. <laughs> and then Ross McCormick got free at the end of the season to Motherwell. It was the, the, the 2005 2006 season. Rangers were horrendous in the league for a while that season. Um, yeah, they said it was the longest run the club had endured. Um, that's the season they finished third in the league, remember? Yeah. Um, behind Hearts. But I they went to, they went to put on a 19-year-old super sub. <laughs> yeah. Right, uh, they would take a draw in Porto again this week. Uh, uh, is it again Rangers on at 6 o'clock and Celtic on at 5 past 8? No, oh, five to six and eight o'clock. Uh, every time the Scottish team's away, they play at the five to six kickoff, and every time they're at home, they play at eight o'clock. So it works out quite nicely. Um, so yeah, Rangers are the early kickoff and Thursday, and then Celtic are at home to uh, Lazio. Yeah. Uh, so Rangers on three points for that group, uh, and I've read that group to so three points, and then Celtic have got four for their win and their draw. I'm hoping to. Add to that with a, another decent result against Lazio. Yeah. I mean, if we can take seven points for the first three games, that's that's terrific. That's yeah. ideal because um, well, our first three games, two of them are at home. Rangers have got two away, so um, 
they're the, if they can get even a draw over there, that sitting four points for the for two draws and a two away games and one home game is fairly decent. And if we can uh, take on, so if we can get seven points, that would be terrific. I'd be delighted with that. Um, it's not going to be easy. Well. Mobile top scorer and say they are. They can back three 0 down it. <coughs> Half time against Atlanta. We're in the Champions League. Yeah, they're seventh in the league just now. Yeah, they they seem to have a bit of max fortunes actually. Well, that's, I mean, obviously they they um, lost to uh, Cluj in the opening uh, round of the games, but then uh, I think they came from behind in the second game to beat Ren. I think they took the lead in that game. Mm-hmm. I think they did, yeah. I mean, it, it's going to be tough. I mean, what I will say is that Lazio aren't the side that they once were when they were in the Champions League in the early um, part of the noughties and win the Cup Winners' Cup and the last ever Cup Winners' Cup in 99. Um, but also Celtic are obviously not that level either. But I don't think I don't think Celtic will be fearing Lazio. Um, but I don't think they'll be overconfident as well. I think it'll be, um, it'll be an interesting game. Um, but I think Celtic have got a, a reasonable chance. It'd be good if... Um, the two sides got four points between them. Um, no, if Rangers getting at least a draw in Porto and Celtic win the home would be a good night. But we'll wait and see. Yeah. It's a tough ask. Yeah, if, if, if we come out of Thursday night with those with that set of results, I think we'll, we'll I think we'll both be happy about it. Right. I, think, I think we'll both be delighted about it. Yeah. Um, ideally, if, if, if Rangers could even win in Porto, then that would be perfect. Two wins, that's what we want. But I'm not be greedy. <laughs> Stuff to be honest, as long as we beat Lazio, we're kill coefficient and all that. But, um, aye, more, more, I'm more interested in the Celtic game, most of that. Yeah. We'll see. Aye, you're right, it's going to be a tough ask. Um, Neil Lynn saying that it's important for Celtic to enhance our reputation in Europe, uh, certainly. But not being able to get the Champions League the last couple of years, it's taken us a long time to get wins at home in Europe again in the, the group stages of things. We had the the, um, the win last season against um, Leipzig was a terrific result. Uh, obviously beat Cluj uh, in the match day two there. Uh, beat Rosenberg at home as well last season. So we're, we're, we've started picking up. It's not the Fortress Parkhead it used to be uh, that many people would say. But if we can get back to that I'd be delighted. So, aye, um, we'll see. Yeah. Yeah, good luck to both. Uh, yeah, so good luck to Rangers this weekend, Celtic this week in Europe, but come Sunday, um, hope they both get stuffed, especially Celtic, because of who they're playing. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't expect anything else. Yeah. Anything else you want to discuss, or is that us for up for the week? Oh, what do we pick us or pick it out? What do we go for? Um, well, I think I've got to cast and vote, I don't know, because I can either go for Velo or Veyer. What's his name again? Viner, Zach Viner. Viner. Viner or Ballon d'Or. It doesn't matter, anyway. I'm picking Cosgrove because I like the, the dink. That's out of a dink over the keeper. Yeah, nice. So, aye, I would say Cosgrove gets picked out. Yeah. I would have said the um, Brewer Rangers left back who got the third goal would have won it, but you two haven't seen it, so it doesn't matter. Um. <laughs> I would have been hard pushed not to get an Aberdeen player this week. Yeah. 
Um, they were, as you said earlier, they were three terrific goals. Um, can, can I just say, if Aberdeen win 1-0, and even if it's a crappy own goal, that's getting picked out next week, whether you like it or not. <laughs> Aye, off the back of Darren Mackey's head or something like that. <laughs> yeah, that, it's, that, that fixture is well overdue, a Johnny, who's, right. Johnny Hayes uh, tap corner thing. So, a Johnny uh, Hayes, uh, a Johnny goes uh, own goal in the top goal. goal would be perfect. No, 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 and no. in, in the right net. No, that, no. <laughs> the right net from his point of view. Aye, that'd be nice. Right net. Even if uh, to his point of view. Aye, or even if uh, it was a, John, a John Beaton goal, um, someone hit the ball of John Beaton in it. That'd be nice. That would good. Is he the re- <laughs> is he the referee for this game? I've read he's the referee. Oh, for gosh. <laughs> right, we've just ended in a, a negative there, so let's just wrap up now. <laughs> Aye. Hopefully we're not talking about John Beaton next weekend. I've actually not talked to referees for a while, I don't think. In terms of slighting them. So I probably next week will be it's well overdue. I'm, I'm not really thinking of too many dodgy decisions recently. Because no. um, even like, even a couple of weeks ago, Willie Collins sent it off Ryan Christie. I thought he was spot on. It was the Livingston player at the end of the game. He should have sent it off as well. had the problem with uh, but I wasn't on that week to talk about that. So, let's um, just be thankful we don't have VAR. Yeah, we've seen in England this week again. Um, what a farce that can be! Because how that Man United goal stood, I have no idea. Because there was a yeah, the situation with the Spurs game whereby it put up on the screen that it wasn't a goal when it was a goal. For <laughs> goodness' sake! Aye. Or that fancy technology. <laughs> <laughs> if we're in, just randomly in English, an English football, because I saw that um, Henrik Larson was in for the South End job. He was about to get it, um, but it fell through because Tommy Johnson, who was supposed to be what, the chief scout or director of football, took another job. So that all fell through. They picked Sol Campbell, and in his first game, they could beat 7 1. Nice. <laughs> Maybe a bit harsh because I'm pretty sure I got announced today that Sol Campbell was taking that job yeah. and the game was tonight. <laughs> so yeah. I don't think he was. Um, I don't think he was actually in the dugout. I think he was just watching. I've... Probably not. Oh, now he knows what kind of problem he's got and he needs to build on. So yeah. I think the result of the weekend was done in England though was uh, for Chichester. They got a buy in the FA Cup. They were the spare team. Uh, it was a Noah. A last minute equaliser by a goalkeeper. Was there? I heard no, I something kicking about. Uh, you'll have to see it. But aye, we should probably wrap up because just we're just kind of talking about football now. No, no, that's when it's getting bad. <laughs> Across the board. Oh. Right, come on, you reds on Sunday. That's it. No. <laughs> just no. <laughs> Cheers, guys. Right, cheers. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs>